Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologist Are In. I'm Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And we're back, finally home from what was the most psychonic event in Psych Francisco. It was so incredible meeting all of you psychos and getting to podcast the shit out of it live with all of your beautiful and talented faces. Honestly, it was magical. We loved it so much. Um, This week, we are talking about an adventurous episode, to say the least, season four, episode 11, Thrill Seekers and Hellraisers, the complete opposite of Sean and Gus. (laughs) Hope you all enjoy it. Hi, Tim. How you doing? You look great. I'm amazing. You look great. I was just saying you look great. I was just saying how great you look. You guys, we just had our very first live pod. Very first of many, hopefully. Very first of many, hopefully, in San Francisco, or as we like to say, Psych Francisco. Francisco. Yeah. We just had the most magical weekend, and all of you psychos came out and helped us do our pod. Like, you really did. They were like chiming in, having feelings. Every there were some feelings Abigail. going on in there. There were some crowd. feelings. And then you had some feelings. There was lots of, we had lots of feelings. That's what this show is. The show brings up the feels. Does bring up the feels. The television and program know. and our podcast brings up the feels. Yeah. For me anyway. Now I have the and I have had the feels ever since we left because I'm overwhelmed. Well, I was so happy to see you. We had such a good time. I have so I was many just happy to actually be in the same room as you. Re- yeah. Doing our podcast. Would you have I feel like we haven't done since what, season one? Some of the very first episodes. Yeah, some of the very first Which is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's so fun. Remember when we did that live stream thing? That at was the fun. Studio. That was fun. We should do those two. No, I want to do live. I want to be in person. I want to see. I want to. I want to do more of these ASAP. No, like it, ASAP. I totally agree. It was incredible being on stage with um, our dear psychos there because it's that you know it's that um give and take that you can't get um in the vacuum of a my uh, living room and um. <laughs> In my office, my art room. I'm with you. There was an energy and and it just truly felt like, well, it was love, you know? We all, we love the show and we love the psychos and the psychos brought all their love and we got to have our love fest together. It and truly, really, yeah. it, it, it pales in comparison to physically having you in this chair next to me. How special was that? It was so, it meant the world. And also like, Tim, you just... You were so, it was so good. It was just so good. It was, I was so happy to see you on stage. You just are, you just own a stage. You are, the lights uh-huh. come on and, and give you a microphone and you, it's magic. You're magic up there. Anyway, and you it's were magic Saturday night. Being a ham, thank you. I was magic because <laughs> of you and our, and our audience. Well, I feel like I can be me and comfortable because you're there, you know? You know, we, likewise, and as you whispered to me just before we, we went on stage, you said, let's just go out and be us. Yeah. I think I answered, which we've been doing since 2006. That's what we do. 
So, that's what we do. And once once we established that, we I felt like that's what happened. Yeah, and it's we, back to, um, I mean, it's Tim and Maggie and it's Lassiter and O'Hara on stage performing yeah. together. Yeah. Peas in a pod. Peas in a pod. Peas in a pod. Cut from the same cloth. We could just keep going along with metaphors. Yeah, with all but. the metaphors. Also, your dad jokes, Tim? A plus. How dare a you? A plus. More. I want to do a segment of Tim's dad jokes. I don't know we what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, when, I, when I listen to the pod on, on, um, on Thursday when it drops, I will make note of my dad jokes and Oh, they were so great. You even called them out. Oh, they were so, so you're just, you're good. Oh, it was great. Tim, it was great. And we got to do more of them. Also, I love this plaid shirt situation. Oh, thanks. This is this little number that I just happened to pick up on my Pendleton Arrowhead um, shopping spree. Mm. Yes, it is. It's it, this the maiden voyage of this one. I just pulled out of the closet first time I'm wearing it. So thank you for noticing. This Pendleton vibe on you is great. It's just great. Like that that collared cardigan thing you had the other day. I did me the Pendleton, and oh, that's right. And you and James brought me um, for my birthday. I think it was the forty ninth. It was my first post stroke um, birthday at the house. You guys gave me that beautiful Pendleton blanket. We're we should reach Amazing. out to Pendleton. Actually, this episode, thrill seekers and hellraisers. This to me was, I think this goes up there now, like as I'm rewatching episodes, because every single episode as we as we go on, since we're in season four and we're on a roll, I feel like- I was going to say, because we do, we do a rewatch podcast. Because we're doing a rewatch podcast. It's not that I forget about some. It's just that, you know, you have your sort of, we have the movies now, we have like the psychotic episodes, we have- I don't know that Thrill Seekers and Hellraisers went down as like one of them, but I will say the comedy in the dry comedy that James and Dulé are bringing to this episode is one of my favorites. And I feel like next level because it's usually, you know, it's usually pretty, pretty big. And this one, I feel like not usually pretty big, but you know what I mean? There's like we're a comedy, but they they were all comedy cylinders for this one. All comedy cylinders. Um. Anyway, do you want to dive in, Tim? Let's dive in, Maggie. Let's dive in. So this is episode because 11. Maggie, if you're ready, I am ready to podcast the shit out of it with you because now I'm seeing you again. After, um, I mean, if anything, this weekend at Sketchfest really just fired me up to podcast this shit out of so much more. We've got, we've got what, four more seasons to go. Oh, yeah. And movies and everything else. And it fired me up, too. And it made me, I don't know. It was also like, because the psychos are all, are such a part of our family, they're an extension of us. Like, it, I, you know, having them there, I think it's so helpful because we love feedback, too. Like, how can we be better? How do we make it better? How is it? Like, I'm fired up, too. I want to make the best podcast ever. And then I want to take it on. We got to take the show on the road. Let's take it on the road. Let's take it on the road. Episode 11, Thrill Seekers and Hellraisers, written by, ugh, love him so much, Saladin K. Patterson. Saladin! Saladin and Cal Cahoon. Saladin, who I got to see, I mean, I want to say recently, but it was definitely- Lucky. I know. I got to see him in Atlanta for a little bit. It was so great. Saladin K. Patterson and Cal Cahoon directed, I mean, Mel was just on fire this season. Like, this was also directed by Mel, another action- Oriented, like the no, stunt work in this is crazy. The yeah, op- it was Damsky's show special. enough. 
Show enough. Okay. Oh, did not like, get this at all. Pineapple sighting, Tim? Um, nope. No. On the rock climbing wall. Oh my god. Devin, how did you catch this? One of the handholds is a yellow pineapple. That's like three quarters of the way into the episode. That's a cheat. Also, three quarters of the way into the episode, but also, like, those are so small. The whole point is for rock climbing to be difficult. That's a good catch. Okay. Cold open. It's 1989. Henry heads downstairs and glimpses at a figure falling from the roof. He hurries outside full of fatherly concern, only to find Sean and Gus standing by stuffed doll versions of themselves. They explain they are practicing base jumping, but Henry angrily forbids them to pursue such dangerous endeavors. Sean claims that he will be able to take any risk he wants when he grows up, and Henry sarcastically agrees. My house, my rules, he says. Cut to present day. Sean and Gus hold the cutest bunnies, the cutest bunnies in a pet store as Gus reveals he has a secret girlfriend. Gus purposefully, yes. Synchronistic moment with the boys holding the bunnies because as we just discussed, we just did our very first of hopefully many live shows which last Saturday, which happened, which was Lunar New Year. And now we are now in the year of the bunny. We are in the year of the bunny. We're in the year of the rabbit. Oh my gosh, Tim. So yes. how synchronistic that we um, did our very first live show. I love this. The moment the year of the bunny was um, ushered in. Love, love. Okay, Gus purposely brought Sean to a pet store to be hopped up on bunny love so he he wouldn't make a scene. Perfect plan. Bunny endorphins. Also, didn't he say that bunny was getting aggressive at the end? That he had to put him down? I... There was something so sweet about this scene, and I feel like this is what kicked off the episode. I was like, this is a, this is very funny. It was very funny. So, okay, Gus claims he's finally ready for Sean to meet Ruby as she walks into the pet shop. She has a good start to the conversation when she compliments Sean's hair and matches him in several pointless trivia tests. So funny. But Sean relentlessly insists on meeting her friends to f- further vet her, which is crazy. you got to say the amazing Sarah Shahi. Yes, let's talk about Sarah Shahi for a second. She is... First off, she's so good in this episode. She's just really talented, and we were happy to have her. If you're anything like most people, setting grand resolutions for the new year never works. It all feels so daunting. Take it from me, start small, and think about all the little habit changes you can make one step at a time. That's why Blue Land is perfect, because they make it so easy to start a new, low-waste lifestyle. No massive overhaul of your routine, just tiny, tiny changes that add up to a huge impact. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet. Their idea is simple. They offer beautiful, endlessly refillable cleaning products. Just fill your bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. You will never, ever have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run. Refills start at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. Try their Clean Essentials Kit, which has everything you need to get started. Three bottles of cleaner plus a bottle of hand soap. It comes in this beautiful 
light scents such as iris agave, fresh lemon, and eucalyptus mint. Blueland has a special offer just for the Psychologists Are In listeners. Get 15% off your first purchase of any product to get you and your year started right. Blueland's eco-friendly cleaning products are great for the environment, sure, but their packaging is so adorable. You guys, it's so adorable. I got the the kit. It's so beautiful and it takes up very little room and you can just refill. So like I now have all this new cabinet space as well. It's minimal as chic, you guys. Each bottle is a perfect pastel shade. They're so pretty. From pink to lavender to yellow. I can't even choose my favorite. I love them all so much. I love them. Plus, I love the idea that everything is reusable. That's so much easier than constantly going to the store to keep buying new cleaner, soaps, wipes, and sprays. You guys, I am obsessed with these products, and you can feel good about what you're doing. You can feel good about using it. To get 15% off your first order, go to blueland.com pineapple. That's 15% off your first order right now when you go to blueland.com pineapple. That's blueland.com pineapple. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know about you guys, but I know for me, when I don't feel my best self, it affects everything. And I usually don't feel my best self when I'm not taking care of myself, when I'm not listening, trusting myself. And it sort of helps me to come back to myself when I remember those things and take a moment and kind of realign. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. This is so true. When I am not feeling myself, everything suffers. It's very hard. I do find that therapy can help with this. I think that therapy helps you get to know yourself and therefore when you know yourself a little bit better, why you do what you do and what you need and all those things, you can treat yourself better as well. And when you do that, I think everything improves. Relationships improve, your work improves, all those things. So I'm a big believer in therapy. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma, etc. It's not. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. It is so easy, you guys, and the app is so user-friendly. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash pineapple today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash pineapple. Sean invites himself to her plans at Berman's Bend. Cute wink wink to Andy Berman, our fave, one of our faves. And Bermano. Bermano. And the boys soon learn that they have walked into a river rafting trip instead of a lunch picnic they assumed she was having. When one of her friends mentions it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon and clearly not lunchtime, Sean explains that lunch for him and Gus starts 10 minutes after breakfast ends and goes till 10 minutes until dinner starts. Unless, of course, they're having dinner or dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Those both made me laugh, and I love that you put them in here, Devin. Sean and Gus then put on some river rafting gear, and Sean calms Gus by saying he's done this hundreds of times and not to be worried. Then Gus calls his bluff, saying, it's a small world, doesn't count. 
<laughs> Question. Did we shoot? Do you remember where we shot this? The river? I think it was like the Seymour River right behind the, uh, the studio in North Van. I thought or- it was like in Squamish. I thought they traveled for it a little bit. I do not remember. I don't either. Because we weren't in the, was, uh, yeah, in the river rafting scenes. We were in the post river rafting scenes. Yeah, and it's very funny. They're like, yeah, the stunt people. I remember when they were doing these. Like this was really hard to shoot. And Marco, I believe our camera person, Marco, had to Marco Ciccone. Marco Ciccone had to get in the raft at one point with the camera, and like he had to go backward. Like I just, it was a very wild undertaking and they killed it it's so good yeah i was thank you for mentioning that i was gonna say um it's amazing that damsky was could not have done it without our incredible camera crew and oh. sound department and stunt department yeah and sound department and everybody that is no joke that's like hard that's really hard stuff we had big stuff in this do you remember well we'll get to the end but like anyway okay so Stu questions Sean's psychic abilities, and Sean divines that Stu is the most experienced in the group because he is the only one using his own equipment rather than borrowing it from a rafting store. He doesn't need his psychic skills with Jessica, who, oh my God, this was crazy, who makes a move on him by tickling his butt. <laughs> James's face. <laughs> anyway, it's good. Gus yeah, the whole asks- scene in the, in the boat where she's flirting with him so hard and he is just... His- Face is priceless. It's so good. It's so funny because like, I feel like Sean is really not too tripped up by anything. And he's kind of a little afraid of her from the very beginning. He's a little flustered by that aggression. He's a little flustered. Gus then, oh, by the way, played by Stacey Keebler, who is also fantastic. And I believe she wasn't a wrestler at the time, but what didn't she? Wasn't she a wrestler for a while? Yeah, I believe she was a female wrestler for a little while. And I think she had like maybe just gotten out of it. I thought she was so good as an actress. We We missed shouting out Steve Howey. And Steve Howey, who is, well, I think, I know Roday and Rodriguez is still pretty good friends with him. I recently saw Steve, I saw Steve like last year, such a doll. Such Lovely a nice guy. person. Lovely guy. We love Steve Howie so much. Anyway. And Gus at the time, asked, Steve and, Steve and uh, Sarah were married. Did they were the married at the time. And I think he had just had a baby. Yeah. yeah. Wolfgang, I believe. Wolfie. Yeah. Wolf. Yeah. Gus then asked the group how they all met. Ruby says Derek and Stu met at a wildlife preservation meeting, which is ironic because Derek was a big game hunter back when he dated Jessica, who is Ruby's work colleague. What binds them all together is their interest in extreme sports. They hook whistles into their vests in case they get separated. Yes. Mr. So when they're talking about the big game, uh, how they were big game hunters, yeah. there's a joke about how um, one of them is bagged the big five. And oh, God, James, that was hilarious. James has what I think, I think, and I could be wrong by this. I think it might be a show. Well, I know it's a show first. It could be a series first. Was the very first Chad Michael Murray reference? Oh, I cannot be the first. I wrote that down as well. It, be season is it four. though? I feel like season four we had to have said Chad Michael Murray before then, but if not, if this is this, then we'll be kicking off a string of Chad Michael Murray references. This was very funny. The five trying to guess the five was very funny. So they hook whistles into their vests in case they get separated. Sean and Gus then realize they are on a white water trip just before they hit the rapids, and they hold on for dear life. When they come out the other side, they realize Stu is missing. Cue the theme song. Rescue workers are called out to search the water for Stu as Lassiter and Juliet take statements from the group. How could we forget? Juliet is rocking a Pepto-pink blouse underneath her gray blazer. Um, I beg to differ. That is a uh, cranberry and or um, 
That's a pomegranate colored blouse. That's not Pepto. But it is in the Pepto Devin. drink family. It is in the Pepto drink family. Devin. She can't come on. Anyway, it's what did you call it? Cranberry what? It's uh it's a pomegranate. A pomegranate. Good. It's good the call. color of a pomegranate. Good call. The rescue team finds Stu's life jacket and Lassiter suspects it came off when Stu went overboard. He most likely hit his head and drowned, but that's when Sean remembers that Stu attached his strobe and had, oh right, an extra hook on his jacket as well. Sean tells the group that Stu didn't drown. He swam away. Back at the police station, Sean says Stu must have hooked himself to something in the water but wasn't sure why. Lassie and Juliet tell the boys they found netting rigged under the water so Stu knew exactly when to jump out of the boat and use the equipment to hide until the raft was out of sight. Then he headed for shore. Juliet pulls out a Santa Barbara Mirror article <laughs> detailing that Stu and his business partner, oh, so good, Brian Sampson, just filed for bankruptcy. I was so expecting a D's Nuts ad in this. Um, I was like, oh or- my God, that was our runner was a D's Nuts ad. Where was the D's Nuts ad? So good. Lassiter says they need to talk to Sampson because it's unlikely Stu pulled this off himself. Then Sean goes for the rest of the episode making Sampson jokes, which I think is it should go down as a psychotic runner because they're the mouse insane. Bit was amazing. The mouse, the voice, like everything. It's just I the, this one is a this was a next level runner, I thought. Okay. Sean then remembers Ruby made him switch seats with Stu when they were getting on the boat. Sean pulls Gus aside and tells him his suspicions, suggesting that Ruby may be involved in Stu's disappearance, and Gus replies exactly how we think he would. Of course Ruby isn't involved, and this is just Sean projecting since he doesn't want Gus to be in a happy relationship. Sean decides to have Gus and Ruby over to Henry's for dinner so Henry can back him up, but Henry isn't so sure either. The jokes about drinking in this in this scene were very good. Henry thinks that Sean's suspicions of Ruby are out of sheer jealousy that Gus is now in a happy and committed relationship and that Sean let his slip away. While the guys are outside, Ruby tells Gus she thinks Sean doesn't trust her. Gus then informs her of Sean's suspicions and she confesses, saying, oh my God, he's actually, he's really psychic. Ruby goes on to mention that Stu is one of her best friends and he needed her help. His company was filing for Chapter 11 because of Brian's exorbitant lifestyle and the way he used company money to finance his extravagance. She swears Gus to secrecy, making him promise specifically not to tell Sean that she helped him escape. They are in a trust circle and there are no doors out. Very cute. She is, I thought she was great in the scene. Back at the police station, Juliet tells Sean they were unable to find Samson, but they brought his assistant, Charles Lucas, into custody. As Sean and Gus go see if they can get, glean anything from him psychically, Sean realizes Gus is avoiding him. Gus claims he has something in his eye and then storms off. During the interrogation, Sean remembers seeing Lucas at the river, but the assistant claims she was just there to drop off Stu's car. Sean doesn't see any signs of lying from Lucas, but notices Gus is exhibiting all of them. Sean accuses Gus of hiding something, but he denies it. Even Lasseter backs up Sean by saying Gus is clearly hiding something. Juliet then tells them they found Samson's body in the woods, the victim of an apparent haunting accident. <gasps> she also says Stu and Samson had million-dollar life insurance policies on each other, which gives Stu a motive for killing Samson. That's when Gus storms out again, avoiding Sean. Sean tracks down Ruby and Gus, finding them at an indoor rock climbing wall. Sean tells Gus he's his best friend and partner and that he shouldn't be lying to him. When Sean says he's not there to see Jessica, she replies, yeah, and I'm not wearing panties. <laughs> It was so random. Anyway, Sean then lies to Derek, saying he is chasing Jessica. Derek wishes him luck and offers to give him a key, his key to her apartment. 
Gus then tells Ruby he can't do it anymore and he thinks it's time to tell Sean everything, given Samson's death. Ugh. I wish we we should do a runner of the Samson jokes. Sure. She's stalked to learn, yeah, of the murder and claims Stu is innocent, even though it was Samson who was bankrupting the company. Back at the station, Lassie uses a laser pointer to show where we missed we're on the maps um, too, maybe. Sorry, um, yes. As they're leaving, as Gus and Sean are leaving the um, rock climbing gym, there's a great joke about how um, Sean is so observant and attention to detail. And they pull, yeah. they get in Gus's car, pull out, and then we realize that Sean has left his, oh my God, there's a motorcycle sighting. So Sean, oh, yeah. they left, Sean for, totally forgot that he had his motorcycle. He forgot his motorcycle. So we haven't seen the, motor, we haven't seen the triumph in, I feel That's like. so funny. A season and a half. A while. The Triumph went missing for a while, and now it's back. I had the same in my notes, too. I was like, the motorcycle's back, which is so funny, because I don't think he's ever on the motorcycle again. It just, like, shows up certain places and is there if we need it. There is nothing worse than when a product says it's going to do something, but then it actually doesn't. When it comes to relieving nausea, Relief Band does the trick. You've got to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. Did you hear that? Even anxiety. Hangovers, you guys. Chemotherapy. Like, this, it's amazing. I have used it. And now you can use your HSA and FSA dollars to get a relief band. So if you just got those accounts refilled, put that money to good use and fix your nausea problem for good. Whether you need everyday nausea relief or just an occasional cure from nausea, their patented technology makes feeling sick a thing of the past. You guys, nausea is the worst. I'm telling you, I had vertigo last year. This relief band thing was so helpful. I can't say enough about it. Forget the days of nausea pills that make you groggy and exhausted. It's like the name says. It really is. Relief Band is legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea. And you can change the intensity depending on how you were feeling to make it stronger or weaker. I can tell you firsthand, as I just did, that Relief Band actually works. And you know, Tim and I like our Kentucky Magic Water, but what I hate is the aftermath. Sure, it's fun going down, but then you have to deal with the headache and the post-hangover and nausea, all that. But not me. No, I just throw on my relief band and the post-hangover nausea is gone. Or if I'm texting in an Uber and I get a little car sick, totally happens to me all the time. I just pop on my relief band and I genuinely am relieved of nausea. I don't know how they do it, but it really works, you guys. So if you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band right now. We have got an exclusive offer just for the psychologist are in listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code PINEAPPLE, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping. So head to reliefband, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code PINEAPPLE for 20% off plus free shipping. She's shocked to learn of the murder, Ruby, yes, and claims Stu is innocent, even though it was Samson who was bankrupting the company. Back at the station, Lassie uses a laser pointer to show where on the map Stu may be hiding. That's when Sean one-ups him with two laser pointers and psychically locates Stu's hiding spot thanks to Ruby. When the cops arrive at the hidden location, they find Stu dead of an apparent, apparently self-inflicted gunshot wound. 
Chief Vic, along with Sean and Gus, question Derek, Jessica and Ruby, but none of them know anything else. The girls even get into a little cat fight, which obviously turns Sean on. Then Chief Vic reminds the boys they haven't even been hired on the case, so whatever they say, it doesn't even matter. On the way out, Sean gets a glimpse of a photo of Stu's body from the autopsy report. Gus and Ruby reveal little secrets about each other and hug. Then Sean awkwardly joins, <laughs> ruining the romantic moment. Sean then visits our favorite coroner, gifting him with Woodrow slippers. Woodrow Kurt Fuller, who we have to have on the show again. We need all three of us. We got to do that. Yes. Kurt, we're coming for you. Okay. Sean then visits our favorite coroner, gifting him with slippers in return for information about Stu. Woody tells Sean he was shot with a Winchester 70 rifle and even demonstrates with a watermelon as his head. Sean psychically reveals this information to Lasseter and Juliet, who tells him Jessica owns that same gun. Sean calls Gus to warn him and Ruby to stay away from Jessica. Gus assumes, because he's hooked up with her, but Gus tells him Ruby is fine and safely paragliding with Derek. (laughs) Meanwhile, as they are getting ready to take off from the cliff, Ruby gets a look at Derek's GPS and sees he was at Stu's hideout. Therefore, Derek is the killer. Yes, Tim. Sorry, he's the what? Oh, correct. Hold on. Let me just say it again. Ruby gets a look at Derek's GPS and sees he was at Stu's hideout. Therefore, Derek is the murderer. (laughs) Nose crinkle and all, folks. There was a big breath before that one. Okay. So hang on, I gotta back the uh, yes. so the um where they're taking off from the um for the paragliding. Yeah. It's the top of the grass grind, which I just had I was looking yeah. through pictures on my phone of two thousand and nine because I was looking for that picture of me and Robert Patrick doing blue steel, which we discussed last week in the episode. Yes. Doing our live show. And I but i I came across a picture of you, me, Berman and Dulé standing at the top of grass grind after our after our adventurous hike that almost killed Andy Berman. Yes. Wait. So, yeah. So that... it's funny. I just I found a picture of us in that very spot. Well, almost very spot. Wait. I think. Oh no. I'm looking. Hold on. I have some photos from Tuesday the seventeenth. I'm looking at my. Oh my gosh, Tim. I have them too. I have all of the photos from that day. I think we've posted some of these. By the way, I still have this photo from the night that we went out with John Cena as well. Back at the psych office, Sean tells Gus they are booking Jessica now. That's when Sean remembers that Derek was a hunter and has a key to Jessica's apartment. He and Gus rush off to save Ruby, who is stalling for time with Derek. Derek tells her he made a pact to help Stu with Samson to make him pay for what he did to Stu. But when Stu found out that he murdered Samson, he freaked out, so Derek had to kill him too. Just in time, Sean and Gus arrive along with the SBPD, and Gus lunges for Derek, knocking them both into a glide off the cliff. This day I do remember. Do you remember? Because someone got hurt. I don't remember somebody, although I do know that I remember I just bought a really crappy little, my, this was, I don't think it was pre-iPhone, but I bought a really crappy little digital camera, like backpacking, and I had, I was just, I was testing it out that day as they were landing, so I, Somewhere on an ancient hard drive, I got to dig out. I have pictures oh of them um, of the landing scene. Yeah, I feel like there was a like a rough landing. They, the stunt guys did that a few times, and I feel like one of them had to like take a little time off because he had a he perhaps landed, an ankle sprain. Landed really hard, ankle, knee, something like that. Yeah. Sean, Ruby, and the cops follow the glider as it comes down to land, where Gus is saved and Derek is arrested. Sean helps spin a tale of Gus's bravery and fighting <laughs> fighting prowess, which they agree is the way the story will be told from then on. Now that Derek <laughs> is in cuffs, Gus has to have the awkwardly dreaded heart-to-heart with Ruby. 
She decided they need a cooling off period before continuing their relationship. That's when the boys sit on a bench to discuss the idea of the movie Alive and how long Sean would wait before eating Gus. Juliet and Lassiter are sucked into the conversation, and it turns out Lassiter has given the matter even more thought than Sean, even more thought than probably any human on Earth. <laughs> now, the final bit of the scene where Lassiter's comes to say, I've already come with a plan of, if I was the last man on Earth, who, was gonna pro- who from the work I was going to procreate with? And then they, everybody splits, and he yells off, none of you made the list. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good ending. I like this one. Anyway, Lassie explains he would eat Jules first, then Gus, and then Sean. He also made a list of whose organs he would prefer in the case of a transplant and which person from the station he would choose in case they were the last two on Earth and need to procreate. Yay! Another fun episode. I love – Tim, I can actually tell we're both very tired from our weekend. I can too. Okay, we have fan questions. Tim, are you ready? Fan questions, questions, questions. You've got How? curries, we've got answers. <laughs> That's our new jingle. How fun was it working with Steve Howie and Sarah Shahi? Never a dull moment. Like, I know they're not together anymore, but I will say they were absolutely hilarious and so much fun to have on set. They were so goofy and funny and just both brought it. It was very fun to have them both. All right, look, we know James hates water. How did he feel about extreme rafting in this episode? Oh, boy. I think for all of them, it was no joke. I don't remember him, like, having a feeling one way or another, but I just know for all of them, this was a major day. Like, this was a really big day on the water. And our camera department, as we and said And our camera department and director and crew and everybody. Like, these, this is, these are... You know, and you're up against like the elements and things, especially and that and the hang gliding too. Like it's it's legit. How did you shoot the intense, dangerous scenes like the water rafting, paragliding, rock climbing? I mean, very carefully. But they're really in the water. Like that that part is true. I don't know. I think the stunt folks did the intense rafting stuff, but like they were all in the water. I believe at one point they rigged the camera on the front of the boat. And that and Marco was there. And that's how they got like all those close ups in the boat. Yeah, the rock climbing, I think they were all just, you know, they had their nice little harnesses and they were safe as can harness be. Harness eye. Yeah, harness eye. Uh the it's paragliding of- actually happened. Do you remember that? They were actually um, they- paragliding down. We had to like steer they had to steer and like make sure they landed on the thing. And it was it was wild. I was very proud of us. It was major. Was it written in the script or did James come up with himself to put his hand over Gus when he was solving the case? I don't know for sure. I That's got to be an improv. I'm sorry. To improv. You. Yeah. I would say 80%. You mean, you mean that thing? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's all Rodé. That's all Rodé. In fact, I will say pretty much, I would say even more than 80, probably 90% of all the physical stuff you see James do in his breakdowns is James. Most of the time in the script, it says, Sean does his wrap-up. And then there, the words are there, but all of the rest of the choreography is Rodé Rodriguez's is genius. So almost all of those, I would say. Right, Tim? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Who would you trust most in a trust circle of secrets? Or would you want a trust triangle? I like a circle. A trust confu- circle. I was never good with, with uh, geometry, so 
<laughs> I was, it would be, I was, it'd be uh, Max would be my number one go-to for trust, obviously. Yeah, I would say, I'd say we're all very trustworthy. I think if there was ever a moment of like, hey, I need you to not say this, I'd say you and I have the most secrets probably between I mean, everybody. Trust- we have a, like, a trust circle to the point where we don't even have to say anymore, hey, keep this between us. Yeah. Because everything is always just between us. Like. Right. Yeah. So I would say you as well, because I have trusted you with all of my secrets. And I would say, though, I want to just give a nice shout out to every single one of us, because I truly believe, like, I believe James and Dulé have an unbreakable bond when it comes to each other's lives, what they've shared. Absolutely. And Kirsten, too. Corbin, too. Kurt to like Steve, all of us. I feel like we are all like in a that's sort of what you do. You like you're in you're in a family. You 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 got each other's backs. So you don't have to even like worry about that stuff. I mean, Dulé and I have certainly had some um intense um conversations over the years of this is obviously just between us. Yeah. And it is. It's it always is. It's very special what we all have. Okay. Who would you eat first from the cast if you were in the movie alive? <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. I don't know how you're supposed to do it. At that point, is it just like if everyone's dead but you? Yeah, I think it, it depends on who dies first. Yeah, it depends on who dies first. And I guess where the m- meat is at that point. Is it rotted? Is it fresh? But also, like, is there, like, some sort of honor in who gets eaten first? Like... Is there a special list? Like, are, or is are you supposed to eat like whoever has the most meat on them? I'm not really sure. I think it just goes by. I don't. I mean, now, again, I'm just my experience with cannibalism just goes to the movie Alive, which my friend David Creed Same. was in. Shout out to David, even though he doesn't mm. listen to the podcast. But um, I think it was um, in that movie they um, I believe they went for the um, botox and um, back of the uh, thighs. Whoa. So then it's sort of based on who has the best of those body parts. <laughs> I guess or the meatiest. I don't know. The meatiest? I don't know either. I don't know who we would eat. This feels, I feel, da- it feels weird to answer this question. It, it feels really sad. Does. It's a great question though. It depends on sort of also like who's got the most clean living experience. Well, certainly for the organs. Yeah. Okay, Tim, what is the craziest? Oh, you'll have some good ones. What's the craziest outdoor adventure you've ever done? It's not super crazy. I did go river rafting when I was a kid once in eastern Washington, which I really enjoyed a lot. And it was one of those things that, one of the many things that that kind of thing was like, I'm glad I did that then because I couldn't be able to do it now in my current physical situation. I got a lot of those. I don't know. I would say, I mean, you and I went zip lining, which is a very fun outdoor adventure. Oh, but grouse, right. Yeah, but grouse, that was really fun. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've had a lot. I feel like I've, but like it's like extreme stuff, not as much. But like ziplining was fun. Ziplining is like, probably as extreme as I've as I've gone. Like I've never gone skydiving. Really, have no desire to. I've never gone skydiving. I did the Tower of Terror at Disneyland. Does that count? Because it sure felt that, that scary. That counts for me, yes. Because I couldn't do that now. <laughs> um, I mean, I could not that I, I wouldn't want to. Tim, that's our episode. Like it was so good. It was so good. Hey, Thrill Seekers, Hellraisers. This episode was great. Everybody in it was great. I thought the comedy in it was so great. And Tim, you're so great. Maybe you're so great. I can't believe how close we are to the end of season four. What is happening right now? How did that happen? 
How did that happen? How By is having this so much fun and the time is flying. It is. The time is flying. This was so fun. We got another one down, and I will see you for the next one where we have very special guests, possibly guests. This was such a great episode. Seeing Sean protective over Gus and a little jealous is always very fun for James to play. Plus, the whole Samson bit was, I think, one of my favorite runners in the show ever. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at the Psychologist RN and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash psychologists are in for full videos see you guys next week with some very special guests seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.